Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. That's it. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, Lake Point family, uh, you are getting ready to meet the toughest, most spirit-filled French Canadian you've ever met in your life. This is going to be amazing. Uh, uh, if you are new to Lake Point, you may not know this, that uh, through your generosity over the last two decades, um, you, you have planted, at this point, 61 churches in the hardest-to-reach cities in North America, um, and, they are th- and they are thriving churches. Um, in 2013... Um, there was a, a church that, through your generosity, was planted in Montreal in Canada. And uh, you, you just got to know this. Mo- Montreal is less than 1% Christian. Um, but um, wherever the light goes, the darkness has to flee. And so, uh, man, this man that you're getting ready to hear the word from stepped forward. And now there are more than 2,000 people worshiping weekly at La Chapelle Church in Montreal, Canada. Lake Point family, would you please help me give a hero's welcome to Lake Point Church planner and pastor David Potier. Come on. Here we go. Again, thank you so much. Now, um, David is, by the way, he is preaching in his second language. And so he has asked me to read the scripture that he's getting ready to preach. Um, hey, Lake, Lake Point family, will you stand with me for the reading of God's word? This is uh, Nehemiah 1, 1 through 11. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. It came to pass in the month of Kislev in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hannah and I, one of my brothers, came from the men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept and I mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you. And have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and you do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and your strong hand. O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. 
for I was the king's cupbearer, and all God's people said, amen. Would you please welcome once again to the stage, Pastor David Podier. Thank you. Hello, Life Wayne. Have a seat. Doing good today? Yes, I am so excited to be here. This is an highlight in my year because I love Texas so much. Uh, I love, uh, love uh, Texas Tex-Mex food. Somebody? Yeah? Uh, <laughs> Texas barbecue, right? And nonetheless, the Texas Rangers. Can I get a witness? Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank Pastor Josh for having me again. You know this, but you had such a great pastor, right? You got a great legacy in this church. You had previously Bishop Steve Stroop, and now you got Bishop Josh Howerton. How blessed you are. Can we clap and honor your pastor for a moment, please? Come on. You can do better than that, church. Come on. All right. Thank you so much for supporting SLN. With your help, through the, uh, uh, in the last 10 years, we planted four churches and baptized a thousand people, adults, a, a thousand adults. Now, this may not be big for you in Texas, but let me tell you, for Montreal, this is miracle. This is miracle, and we're so grateful for your help and support. So can you help me to clap for you, church, for your generosity and love and support toward us? Thank you. My title today, God's Dreams Are Born in Prayer. It is so important for us to dream. We have this capacity to dream that animals don't have. Beavers don't have a five-year plan. They don't. They just don't, right? We are created in the image of God. And we have this capacity to dream. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, they were all dreamers. Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, and Nehemiah were dreamers. In the New Testament, Peter, John, Paul, and the apostles were all dreamers. Everybody should dream. Do not say, I am too young for this. Do not say this. Paul said to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. When I became a youth pastor, I was 23 years old. Now, if you think I got a baby face at 45, can you imagine at 23, okay? Some parents thought I was one of the teenagers, literally, okay? But we were young, but we had this dream from God. Never say, I am too young. Never. But also, never say, I am too old. Because we live in a society where we put an expiration date on people. Listen, it is not your age that determines how old you are. You don't become old when you hit a certain age. You become old when you stop dreaming. So I know people in their 80s that are young and free. And I know people in their 30s that are old like Methuselah. <laughs> Do not say, I am too old. At 85, Caleb conquered Ebron. At 99, Abraham got his wife pregnant. <laughs> Try that, dude. At 147, Jacob blessed his grandsons. And the Bible said that Jacob was weak and sick. But when he heard the news that Joseph and his sons were there, he rallied his strength and he sat up on the bed and he began to prophesy. Literally, Jacob said to death, wait a minute. 
I still have something to do. I want to say to every older person here in their 60s, 70s, 80s plus, never stop dreaming. Continue to dream. Continue to dream for this church. Continue to dream for the kingdom of God. Continue to dream for your children and your children's children's and their children's children's. Continue to dream. Never stop dreaming. Never. Our story began in 545 BC. It is about 150 years that the walls of Jerusalem are destroyed. And Nehemiah will do something nobody was able to do before him. There were many attempts to rebuild the walls and they all failed. But in 52 days, Nehemiah and a group of people will accomplish what nobody did in 150 years. Listen. Never, never underestimate what God can do in your life in a short period of time. Never underestimate what God can do in your life, can do in your life in 52 days. There's many reasons why this man was able to accomplish that dream. But I think one of them is because he was a man of prayer. The book of Nehemiah starts with prayer and ends with prayer. Listen, everything in a believer's life should start with prayer and end with prayer. So Nehemiah was not only start and end with prayer, but he was continually over and over in prayer. He prayed when he got bad news, when he got good news. He prayed before speaking. We should do that more, right? We should. He prayed when he was discouraged, when he was intimidated. He prayed to confess his sins, the sins of his people. He prayed when he had tough calls to make. He was over and over in prayer. And let me tell you this. If you want to accomplish God's dreams for your life, you will have to become a man or a woman of prayer. If Nehemiah was alive today, he would be the kind of guy that the moment he's awake, he's in prayer. In the shower, in prayer. Driving his car, in prayer. Arriving 30 minutes earlier at work to pray for his colleagues. At prayed, he prayed at lunch. He prayed through the day. He prayed in the toilet. He prayed every time, everywhere because he knew God's dream are received in prayer. But he knew also that our deepest motivations are filtered through prayer. Because here's a problem we all have. We got some godly ambitions and we got some selfish ambitions. And those two intertwine together. And sometimes we can make the dream an idol. But that's the problem. The dream is not first. God is first. But when we make it about the dream first, we come to a point that we are unable to make the difference between God's dreams and our dreams. And this is highway for spiritual bankruptcy. But through prayer, God filtered all our selfish desires. And after that, prayers opens closed doors. Nehemiah in chapter 2, he go before the king and asked permission to rebuild the walls. And the king said yes. But the same king years before had stopped all construction. The same king said no. What's the difference here? The difference is prayer. 
Now, some historians will say this has nothing to do with prayer. The king changed his mind because the political scale had changed. And he wanted to fortify Jerusalem to prevent a military invasion from Egypt. Which I answer, yes, absolutely. But we know, friends, that behind the natural cause, which is the king... There is a supernatural cause, which is the king of kings. Prayers open closed doors. Prayer makes the impossible possible. They did in 52 days what nobody did in 150 years. In our church, we were looking for a building for nine years. Nine years. I visited 85 buildings. Can you imagine that? It never worked. It never came close to work. But we kept praying. Six years ago, the building we bought, we, I visited that. And we asked to buy it. And the priest said, you will never have this building. But we kept praying. Two years ago, two years ago, the building was for sale. So we made an offer on it. It was 3.6 million. So we made the offer, but in our due diligence, we discovered something we didn't expect. We discovered that the, the property had huge oil tanks in the ground that were contaminating the soil. So we backed off. We just backed off. But we kept praying. And eight months ago, they called us back and they said, Mr. David, we're going to lower the price from 3.6 to 3.1 million. And I said, okay. And then they said, we are going to pay to decontaminate the soil. And I said, okay. And then they said, if you buy it, we're going to loan you. Five years, 0% interest rate. Yeah. And then I said, okay. And we negotiate again with them, and we were able to add to the five years 0% and other five years at Fed minus one interest rate. Can you imagine that? So it's almost 10 years without interest. So a couple months ago, when I signed the transaction and we became owners, I remember the guy that told me, you will never have this building. But we kept praying. We kept pushing. And the God of the impossible made it possible. Can you rejoice with us, friends? We got this building. We got it now. You got dreams. If you want God's dreams to be accomplished in your life, you will have to rebuild the wall of prayer in your life. Because no walls means no protection. Can you imagine in those days, no walls? Every thief and invader can come anytime. And this is exactly what's happening with a believer that don't have a prayer life. We, we become vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. We look at the things of this world and it seems attractive to us. The enemy steals our peace, our joy, zeal, compassion, and spiritual energy because no walls means no protection. But also, no walls means no rest. Imagine them in those days. Feel, never feel at peace, always anxious, always stressed out. This is some of you are experiencing right now. You sleep, yeah, but you never feel rest. You take days off, but you're always tired. 
You take a vacation, but you're never refreshed. It makes no sense. So much of us are burned out right now. And we're just in October. We're just coming out of vacation. And we would need vacation to rest from our vacation. Make no sense. Our parents were not burned out in October. Can I suggest you two things? It is because we have too much of this. Too much of this is burning us out. Too much of this, not enough of this, not enough of prayer. Too much of this, not enough of this. No walls, no rest. No walls, no abundance. There's an archaeologist, Kathleen Kenyon. She, she digged Jerusalem in the 60s, and she discovered that before the temple and the sea were destroyed, Jerusalem had multiple terraces, kind of like this. And the way it worked, it was, they, they did agriculture on those terraces. And, and this system was like this, one terrace, one wall, one terrace, one wall. And at the end of the system, all those terraces are maintained by one single thing, the city wall. So imagine no city wall, no terraces, no terraces, no agriculture in the city, no agriculture in the city, no abundance. And this is what's happening with us when we have no prayer life. We work, 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 but it's never enough. We, we sow much, but it, it brings little. We work hard, but our attics are empty. We earn wages, but our purses has holes in it. Because no walls, no protection, no walls, no rest, no walls, no abundance. So Nehemiah, this guy, he knew that prayer is a matter of life or death. Have you noticed how the spiritual battle is intense those days? Single people, pornography is everywhere. You need to build a wall of protection around yourself. Married people, adultery is everywhere. We need to build a wall of protection around us. Parents, have you noticed how so many teens and young adults are confused right now? 2018 feel like a hundred years ago? We need to build back a wall of protection around our families because times have changed. In the old days, I mean 2018, okay. In the old days, <laughs> faith and value of the parents on the long term had more weight than the culture. It was in the old days. But now, things have changed. Now, faith and value of the parents is not enough anymore. It takes faith and values of the parents plus real church engagement. No amen. Okay, I'm alone. I, I'm going I'm to amen myself. I'm going to, yeah. It takes faith and value of the parents plus real church engagements plus prayer. And all of this together will have more weight than the culture. It is time for us to rebuild a wall of prayer around our family. This is a war. When you read the book of Nehemiah, you see obviously 11 times where he is in prayer. But when you look closely, there's another moment. In chapter 9, he prayed with all the people. Which means Nehemiah in the book prayed 12 times. 
This is not by accident because 12 means 12 tribes of Israel. It's the, it means the people of God. So as a spiritual leader, he was not only called to be a man of prayer, but he was called to bring all the people under his leadership to be men and women of prayer. Can I remind you something, everybody, everybody, every believer here, let me remind you something. You are a spiritual leader. You are. You are not a spiritual island. You have a spiritual radiance and a spiritual impact. And here's one thing I discovered with spiritual leadership, which all of you have, all of us. Here's the principle. If you run, they walk. If you walk, they sit. If you sit, they lie down. If you lie down, they die. Let me repeat that. If you run, they walk. If you walk, they sit. If you sit, they lie down. If you lie down, they die. I'm not here to put pressure on you. I'm not here to shame you or condemn you. I just want you to realize that you set the pace. You set the tone. A couple months ago, the Spirit led me to let go completely of Netflix. It's been about three months. I haven't watched anything because it took so much place in my life, too much space in my life. It was not healthy. And the Lord led me to get rid of it completely. Let me tell you what happened after that. One of my son was a prodigal. He came back to the Lord. He got baptized last Sunday. My son did. His brother got baptized with him. They brought a friend that was baptized with them. And we are doing right now a Bible study four times a week because they wanted to. They are so thirsty for the Lord. We are experiencing revival in our own family. And it all starts with a simple guy that said, in Jesus' name, I'm going to shut Netflix down. <laughs> By the way, I'm still alive. <laughs> I will never see Walking Dead season 11. <laughs> but I will be fine, right? He said, but this is sacrifices. Yeah, I know, I know. But when God asks you to sacrifice something, you know what? It is a sacrifice till the moment you step in. Because the moment you step in, it is not a sacrifice anymore. It is just pure joy and delight in his presence. And you're like, why did I not shut down Netflix before? Hmm. It is time to build a wall of protection. Nehemiah said to the people, fight for your brethren, for your sons, for your daughters, for your wife and your houses. It is time, Lake Point Church, to say to the enemy of our soul, you will not have my family. You will not have my kids. You will not have my wife. You will not have my baby girl. I'm going to build a wall of prayer around my family. And if you believe it and you want it, can we clap for Jesus this morning. Yeah. 
prayer is to our spirit what air is to our bodies. Paul said, pray without ceasing. What is the thing we do without ceasing, without even noticing? Breathing. Yeah, right? So prayer should be like breathing. Now, I know what you think. You know why? Because we got a special technology AI backstage that record all your thoughts right now. <laughs> We're like Point Church, man. We got everything, right? No, no. I know what you think. Here's why. Because we're the same. And when we talk about prayer, here's the thought that comes to most people. I am not good at prayer. Have you ever thought that? I did. I still do sometimes. But let me tell you, there is no such thing as a Christian who can't pray. Are you breathing? Are you thinking? You are good at prayer. Have you ever seen a fish that is bad at swimming? You say, yes, Nemo. No, 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 let me tell you, even Nemo with one smaller flipper is incredibly better than you at swimming. So in the same way that fish are good at swimming, that humans are good at breathing, let me tell you, Christians are good at praying. Never say, stop saying, I'm not good at prayer. Because this is exactly what the enemy wants you to believe. Because we human beings... We don't like to do the things we're not good at, right? We just don't. You will never see me dancing. Never. Never. Why? Because I'm bad at it, right? If I dance at the Christmas outreach at Lake Point Church, I can guarantee your unchurched friends will never want to come back to church anymore. Gonna be, never. You're never going to see me dance because I'm not good at it. You're never going to see me acting because I'm not good at it. But you have seen me preach because I'm not the worst at preaching. This is how we are made human beings. We don't like to do the things we are not good at. So listen, if the enemy of our soul can convince us that we're not good at prayer, guess what will happen? We will not pray. Will not pray. Say, I'm not good at prayer. Really? Do you believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin? If you do, say yes. Do you believe that he's resurrected from the dead? If you believe, say yes. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? If you do, say yes. Then if you, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit right now is 24-7 in prayer. He knows how to pray. There is an ongoing prayer meeting in you right now. The only thing you have to do is to join the prayer meeting. So for all of us who don't like to lead prayer meetings, good news. We don't have to. The Holy Spirit does. And we just have to join Him in this prayer meeting. Stop saying you're not good at prayer. Stop saying that. A couple months ago, we got a prayer meeting in our church, and uh, there was a new guy. And uh, he wanted to pray, but he was really uncomfortable, and he was shy, but he, he, he was burning. So he did it anyway, and it looked like this. 
Uh, Lord, it is me. You know that's a new guy, right? <laughs> it is me, uh, Rick. I don't know what to say, but I just want you to know that I'm there. Amen. And he felt so shy about his prayer, but we were crying like babies. You know why? Because this is prayer. This is real, authentic prayer. This is. I don't pray like that. No, no, I'm a pastor. I need to use big theological words like justification and sanctification. And I need to quote Bible verses so you all know that I know my Bible. And sometimes I can have punchlines in my prayer. And sometimes they rhymes because it's better when it rhymes, right? Amen. This is not prayer. Prayer is, Lord, I'm here. I'm Rick. I don't know what to say. This is prayer. Stop saying you are not good at prayer. Stop saying that, please. Please, stop. Can you repeat after me? I'm good at prayer. All right, again. I'm good at prayer. One more time. I'm good at prayer. You are good at prayer because you have the Holy Spirit in you. So you need to be transformed by the renewing of the mind and learn and not forget you are good at prayer. Stop letting the enemy beat you up with the absence of prayer in your life. Rebuild the wall of prayer. Last thought, Zechariah 2. This prophet was sent to people of Israel to encourage them to get back to work, to build the temple, the city, and, and the walls. Because they, they get discouraged and they stop the construction. So God sent them Zechariah. And through the book, he gave them some words to say, get back to work, get back to work, get back to work. But in the book, he, he prophesied to their present mostly, but sometimes he talked about their future. So there's weird passages in Zechariah. As they are encouraged to build the city now, God announced a day that Jerusalem's will have no walls. We read together. Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls. You say, what? This is so weird. Okay, you're, the Lord is saying built right now, but at the same time, He's saying one day will come. This city will have no walls. You say, why? Here's why. Because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. The prophet says, yes, you're rebuilding that city, but one day there will be too many people in this city to contain them. No walls will be able to contain them because people will come from everywhere. People will come from every tribe, Americans and Canadians and every color, white, brown, black people, people of every language will be part of this city and no walls could contain them. But the question is, oh, on those days, what will happen with that city? It will be in danger. No, because here's what the Lord says. For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire around her and I will be the glory in her midst. The Lord wanted them to know that you guys, as you're building this city, remember this thing, your real protection, your real rest, 
your real abundance, your real wall, it is himself. And we live in those days that in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, we can be part of the holy city. In Jesus Christ, God is our rest. God is our protection. God is our abundance. Can we clap one more time for the Lord this morning? This is what he is. So here's the takeout for you. The last thing I want you to do is to listen to this message. Go back home and say, I need to pray more. You know why? Because most of, most of you did that before and it worked. You know why it didn't work? It's because we tried to have more time with God without removing something. We all have full plates. It's not necessarily things that are important, but we all have full plates. And we make the mistake to try to spend more time with God without removing something from the plate. So the first question is not, I need to spend more time with God. The first question is, what do you need to stop? And for me, it was getting rid of Netflix. Do you know that a little bit, a little bit of entertainment is refreshing for the soul? But did you know that too much of entertainment is draining and killing for the soul? I met some believers during COVID that thought that church burned them out. But it was not true. Church didn't burn them out. Their Netflix account did. I don't want to lie down spiritually. Being safe when Jesus comes, I'm saved like through the fire. But my offspring will die without Jesus. I will rebuild that wall in Jesus' name. I will remove things from the plate to put better things. So as we close this, I will pray that the Spirit of God will reveal to you what do you need to stop. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray for my friends here. I pray for myself. Thank you for your grace, for your patience for us. I pray that everybody here will be captured by this sermon, that it will not be a moment, but, but that it will be a life-changing season that they will be led by you, that they will hear and obey what do they need to stop so they can rebuild that wall of prayer in their life. And you will be their rest and you will be their protection and you will be their abundance. In Jesus' name, everybody says, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, Join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, 
visit lakepoint.church/digital. slash